Hey guys, so let's try this one more time. Um, but I wanted to come on here because, you know, news had come out, and while I was out, you know, this weekend attending my nephew's wedding, um, uh, Vizzy, uh, Pop or Vizzy Pop, um, decided to drop a surprise on everybody. And that surprise was the actual finale to season one. Um, the reason I say actual finale is because of the fact that the finale that people got was only episode seven. And then between that and the premiere of uh, uh, season two and the episodes that went along with that, they felt like there was some kind of disconnect. Like, you know, what's going on? Why is this happening? You know, and most importantly, why is Luna, you know, talking more sweetly, more tolerable, more, I guess you could say, how caring, you know, acting more caring, if you will, about her adoptive dad, uh, Blitzo. You know, there were a lot of questions, you know, with that, you know, when she met up with Octavia, you know, you know, doing that, saying that stuff. You know, there was a lot of questions that fans wanted answered, but they could not figure out, you know, uh, they, they could not figure out exactly what those answers could be. I mean, they would speculate, they would wonder, but they didn't know, you know, the legitimate reasoning why she was, you know, acting this way. You know, why she suddenly felt like she had a change of heart. I mean, yes, we do see at the end of that episode, she still kind of keeps up the facade by, you know, kicking Blitzo in the balls and everything. But then we also see this genuine smile on her face when she, you know, hits when he gets back up and tries to hug her and she just hits him in the face with a book but then gives it back to him and all that you know you you have these kind of things happening and these moments happening along with other things that have gone on in, in season two and yet there was always you know there was always like that disconnect like something was not something was not basically connecting you know uh connecting all the way like there was some missing pieces to the puzzle and finally, we got those answers. We, we got those answers, basically, uh, with Episode 8. Now, Episode 8 has a unique history in itself because it seemed that for some time, they couldn't get it released due to legal reasons. Now, we don't know what those legal reasons could be. I'm, you know, I'm someone that could speculate that based on, you know, um, based on the music and song that was used in Episode 8, I could assume it was due to copyright and all that. And, you know, basically, you know, what kind of residuals, residuals, if you will, royalties, you know, that they could get from it or something. You know, that's what I'm thinking. It could have been maybe a payment issue. I don't know. You know, with the artist, it could have been a payment issue. I don't know. But finally, it has been released. And the surprise is that the character uh, in here... Um, Beelzebub, or Queen Bee, or just Bee as she's known for short, um, the character you see uh, uh, in the middle and on the left, um, is voiced by the artist Kesha. And Kesha, um, from a, you know, from a uh, movie standpoint, the last I know of, appeared in a post-credit scene um, as Pizzazz, you know, in the live-action Gem and the Holocrams movie, to try to set up you know, a possible sequel that will never happen, you know, obviously because of the terrible, terrible reception that movie got before it even came out.
So, so yeah, that was like the only other time that she appeared in any kind of um, acting, you know, role in that post-credit scene. Now, you know, it now his thing. Vivi Pop has come out and said that she's always wanted to work with Kesha, and you know, you know, for quite some time, you know, and now she finally got that opportunity. And the reason she's always been wanting to work with her is because what got you know what got Viva Pop, what got Viva Pop, uh, Vizzy Pop, I should say Vizzy Pop, on the map, was her uh, fan video, her an a very well animated fan video, um, to Kesha's Die Young, and the, in the video you see this blue fox, anthropomorphic female blue fox called JJ, uh, performing the song. And when you look at B, as she's known for short, you can kind of see a little bit of uh, influence from JJ's design uh, in her, from her hair, her tail, the way she moves around. You can just see that. Now, the reason I bring this all up and what it has to do with, you know, Luna talking to Octavia and her relationship with Blitzo and everything, um, you know, it's, you know, from what from what people have seen and talked about, um, here with uh, Queen Bee, with Beelzebub, if you will, or just Bee, if you will. You know, what people have said about her, um, and again, this is all a matter of opinion, is that she feels like she's the kind of ruler, because there's seven realms of the underworld, that, you know, she's in that middle area, but she seems like the kind of ruler, princess, queen, whatever, that doesn't really heed to a lot of the other standards that the other lords and queens and prince and princesses, you know, adhere to. You know, like basically she doesn't, she doesn't look down upon anybody no matter what your status is. She just wants everybody to have a good time, you know, give in to the gluttony of, you know, enjoyment of, you know, just, you know, dancing and partying, you know, partying, <laughs> easy for me to say, dancing and partying the, uh, the night away, you know, just, you know, having fun. You know, just give in, you know, just let yourself give in to your gluttony, your obsessiveness, if you will, your, your, your wild side and everything. Um, you know, uh, you, you know, just let all the, let all that trouble go away and, and, you know, be, be, you know, bring out this side of you that's, you know, that's, um, you're not rarely seen at all because of your status or the status you have to adhere to. Kind of, it's what I'm trying to say. I'm doing this without a bullet point, so you know, you have to apologize if I kind of stumble a little bit or try to pause and think about what I'm going to say before I say it. But yeah, it's a, you know, she she feels like she's that kind of a character that, you know, doesn't as I mentioned really heed to the standards of the other rulers and everything of the underworld that you know the you know basically to what they you know, uphold and everything. She feels more loose, like more genuine, if you will, in her approach. And to, and to me, you know, when I, when I look at her, you know, just based on what I've seen, you know, I could, and, and her design to me kind of gives it away a little bit, that, you know, she has that sultry kind of seductive look, attractive look, furry look, if you will. But it's also that kind of look that, you know, basically, you know, from what I've seen in past animations, it's that kind of look that, you know, just tells you, 
Yeah, she may look... It's kind of like the old Jessica Rabbit trope. You know, she may look bad, Ed, but she's just drawn that way, and she's the complete opposite of what she looks like. So in other words, B is just, you know, a genuine, genuine line, good, um, you know, ruler. You know, hybrid, B, hellhound, amalgamation, whatever she is, she's just a good B. And like I said, she wants to see everybody else have a good time. And because of that, she's able to, you know, sense when somebody's not. And, you know, it kind of brings, you know, it's kind of, and when she senses that, it kind of brings her down a little bit because she doesn't like seeing that. So she encourages others to go to that person or she does it herself and try to, you know, get them to have a good time. You know, which is why she had the issue with Luna not going to check up on Blitzo because, you know, if you follow the series, now I don't follow it as much, you know, I just go off of what people say. And I do kind of have a sneak peek here and there. Um, but from what I could tell, Ellen, everything, just based on, you know, uh, the history, you know, B is, aw is aware of any of the hellhounds or any other beings being adopted, you know, and all that. So she's very much aware of Luna, you know, uh, in her history of Blitzo, even though she's never um, really met her until, until this episode. You know, she's very much aware of Luna, in my opinion, being adopted by Blitzo, which is why she kind of gets on Luna to go and check on him. And even gets to the point that, you know, when Luna, you know, kind of snaps back at her and everything, it you know, makes her upset and she just lets her anger get the best of her. But you can tell that when she lets her anger get the best of her and she just grows to monstrous size and everything to really get her point across until Luna's like, fine, I'll go do it. And everything you know she kind of reverts back and she kind of feels a little like a shame like you know she you know, like she didn't want to have to get to that point but it's like Luna did something basically pushed a button in her that made her do that because she's never I don't think any had anybody be like you know in her face and defiant until until Luna but obviously I think what it is is now I haven't seen the episode maybe you guys can correct me on this but I think what it is that Luna, not Luna, but B, B basically sees that, you know, Blitzo, you know, cares about Luna. And that deep down Luna cares about him, but she's letting her pride, she's letting her, you know, she's letting her pride and a little bit of that rage and anger she still has for being adopted just a few months before becoming a full adult and thus being free, you know, still simmer. And I think that's another reason why, you know, she had the issue that she did. Why she why she told Luna, go check on Blitzo and everything. Luna didn't want to do it. And they had that little exchange. Because, you know, B's trying to be like, look, this guy cares about you. He wouldn't let you come here if he didn't care about you. You know, you know, go check on him. He should be having a good time like you. You know, he should be having a good time like everybody else. else and you should as well. You know. Or something like that. Again, correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. But, yeah, you know, she does genuinely feel like the kind of character that not only rules over her realm, but, you know, doesn't, as I mentioned earlier, doesn't kind of follow the same rules as the other lords and prince and princesses do. You know, she just does her own thing and that's it. You know, she does it for the sake of everybody having a good time. 
um, whatever, you know, however much sense that made. And I do apologize if it sounds like I'm rambling because, like I said, I'm trying to think about what I'm going to say. And I'm also trying to do this because my mom's watching the Giants and the Blue Jays right now. So it's keeping her distracted. Um, but anyway, anyway, though, like I said, you know, she does feel like she's that kind of a character that genuinely cares about others and wants them to have fun and just, you know, let loose, you know, from the hassle of the week, you know, and everything once in a while. Now, like I said, uh, like I've mentioned, or at least alluded to, there are some feel, feel, there are those that do feel, and they've mentioned this in their reviews and their analysis, that maybe this is, maybe what we're seeing with B is just a facade, and that B is really dark and manipulative and everything, um, you know, you know, uh, basically uh, in a way that nobody can, nobody would suspect would be you know, connect, would be part of someone like her, you know, so, you know, it, it, you know, so that's understandable to look at, because again, she is a ruler, and we don't know whether or not she is genuinely, you know, genuinely acting the way, you know, she's genuinely caring for those around her, and wanting everybody to have fun, or she's just manipulating them, because she wants to feed off their gluttony, she wants to feed off their, you know, life force, or something like that, to make herself stronger, we don't know. We don't know, so it's understandable why some people would come out and make, you know, that argument that maybe she's not exactly who she says she is and everything, and this is just all an act. This is just all a facade, and like I said, it's understandable to, to understand and, you know, and, um, and you know, and kind of see, you know, see as being, you know, her character, but from, but from what I, again, from what I can tell, just based on my perspective, and based off what others have said, I do genuinely think she is the kind of character that's very caring. And that if you do push her buttons, like Luna did, she will get angry. And she doesn't get angry because, oh, she's letting her real self come out. No, she gets angry because it's like, look, you know, I'm, try I'm trying to have, I want everyone to have fun. And your father, the person that cares about you, is not having fun. And he's doing this just for attention this way seeking attention or affection you need to go check on him so so yeah you know you know so yeah basically you see you know you know you see her do that and it's not because you know she's showing her true colors it's because she's basically saying hey go check on him i'm concerned learned as well as you should be about his well-being so I, I do, so by seeing that and everything, and then seeing her kind of be very regretful about having to get that angry and everything monstrous to get it through Luna's skull and everything to go check on, check on him, for her to, re, re, you know, kind of revert back and be a little regretful about it, you know, it shows that she is, again, very different from all the other, you know, um, underworld uh, bosses, lords, if you will, royalty, that rules in those seven areas. She's very different. You know, very, very different. And I think she is, as we would see at the end of the episode, and again, it helps connect into season two, why we start seeing this more caring side of Luna towards Blitzo. Especially when Blitzo pours out his heart in sadness when they get back home. You know, and everything, saying that he's going to die alone and that, you know, he's, nobody's going to be there for him. And then yet, I think from what people have said, she comes out and says that she will be there for him. And I don't know if she says this after he falls asleep and he doesn't hear her 
or something, but she basically says she'll be there for him. And that, and that right there is a moment. And that's a moment that people have been waiting for. Like, yes, now we're starting to see this progression. We're starting to see this development by Luna and her realizing, even if it took someone like Beelzebub, Queen Bee, if you will, to wake her up to it, we're starting, as well as later on with Octavia, well, that kind of helped out too, but we're starting to see the side of Luna to where she's accepting the fact that Blitzo didn't have to adopt her, but he did. Because he sees and he understands her. You know, and he wants someone to care, and he wants to be there. You know, and he wants someone, you know, to, you know, to be there with him, to be by his side. And she's now starting to see that. She's starting to see that he does care about her. He does love her as a daughter, you know, or as his daughter and everything. And that he doesn't want nothing to happen to her. Yes, she still keeps up a little bit of a facade of, you know, hey, I'm, you know, hey, don't embarrass me or anything. Don't go try to hug me and squeeze me like I'm a little baby. Also, I'm going to kick you in the balls or I'm going to hit you in the face, you know, with a book and everything if you try to be too affectionate. Yeah, she still keeps that up because, you know, that's who she is and everything. But we're starting to see that progression. We're starting to see that development of her character to the point. To the point that, as I've said before in a video, I think we are going to get that moment. It might be in season two. It might be in season three. You know, it might be in a freaking movie if they decide to do a movie finale. We don't know. Um, but we are going to get that moment where she finally, face to face with him, calls him her dad, basically acknowledges Blitzo as her dad, tells him he tells her or tells him she loves him as her father, and thanks him for for being there for her. You know, we're getting to that moment. And what we see here in this, you know, season eight episode of season one, that's been a long time coming, and thus it connect, and thus it's helping to connect what's, you know, happened in season two thus far. You know, again, we're starting to see that growth by Luna. We're starting to see it, you know, more so than it's ever been, and everything. And that resentment that she has, yeah, it's still there, but it's slowly diminishing, and it's being basically overtaken. By the realization that he saved her. Blitzo saved her from a life of, of poverty. A, a life of unknowingness. And now she has a purpose. It may not be the purpose she wants. But it's there. And that he, he is. And that he basically has gone out of his way. To make sure she you know, is happy. You know, to provide her with everything. To make her happy. So yeah. There's no doubt that this did a lot. This episode did a lot. And connecting the dots between season two and the end of season one. Because again, it's a lot of dots and a lot of questions that people wanted answered. And people were speculating on and wondering about, you know, not just of who Queen Bee was, Beelzebub was, you know, what she looked like and everything. But also what is, you know, but what is the connection, you know, here, you know, uh, in season two? What is that connection as to why Luna is now acting more affectionate even if Blisso doesn't see it as much, you know, uh, towards him. And, you know, why does she talk so compassionately, if you will, uh, about him with Octavia? You know, now we now we got the answers, and now we're starting to see, because we got those answers, that character growth for Luna, you know, really start to, you know, happen more so than ever, and her being more accepting of Blitzo as her dad, as her father, and somebody that, didn't have to do what he did to save her and adopt her, but he did because 
you know, he can relate with her. He understands her. And she's starting to see that. So, yeah, this, so yeah, uh, they didn't have, so yeah, Vivi Pop and her crew, they didn't have to go out and do what they did, you know, with this episode, out and, you know, release it and all that. They could have just left us with seven episodes in season one, but obviously they knew questions had to be answered and everything, you know, because I'm sure they've always, like a lot of us growing up, they would see things, you know, in one season end or one episode end and not really get resolution to it until later until further later on, like way later on, and everything, and that you know they wanted, re and that there was always times they would want resolution right then and there, but they would either get it way later on, like I mentioned, or they wouldn't get it at all. So I'm glad they went back and gave us this resolution to the whole situation. And now, like I said, we're starting to see that growth by Luna, you know, as a character, and it's all thanks to the appearance of Beelzebub, Queen Bee, voiced by Kesha. Now the obvious question that people have is, will we see Kesha's character again? That is, uh, that's up to you know financially to what to what uh, Vivi Pop and her crew can do. Um, I would assume we might try to they might try to bring her back, but you know like they've mentioned like some people have mentioned before financially. You know financially they, you know they can't you know really uh, afford, you know they can't really afford some of the top name actors and actresses they want, so they have to recast them. So hopefully down the line we might see her again, but it might be by somebody else. But she might be voiced by somebody else that might sound like Kesha, but it's not Kesha. And her design might be a little bit more modified because, you know, one person speculated that perhaps the reason we might see, may not see B anymore is because, you know, her design is, you know, especially with the hair and the tail is, you know, um... <laughs> you know, uh, kind of uh, a stress to probably work on and everything. But to me, if you have that design already on file, you know, on your computer or your laptop, you know, w with whatever program you're using, then obviously you'll be able to come back to that, you know, design by loading it back up and then just working around that. So I think we will see B again. It just might be, you know, a lot longer than we're expecting. And whether or not she is her character, and whether or not what we saw is, you know, in episode, you know, in, in episode eight, she's a facade and she's more, you know, devilish, manipulative than she's letting on, then, you know, we'll find out, you know, over time. But if she is, as a lot of, a lot of fans have pointed out, very genuine, very caring, you know, unlike all the other lords and princes and princesses and everything, um... You know, we'll again we'll find out when she appears next. But yeah, yeah, you know, I, again, I'm you know I didn't see the episode, but based on what I've heard and you know little bits I've seen, you know, this definitely has done the one thing a lot of episodes should do. You know, especially if you get that gap, you know, for who knows how long, it and it fills that gap in, it fills it in and gives you those answers, even if it takes a long time to make happen. So. We'll see what happens. So we'll see if we're, so we'll see what happens in the future, and if whether or not we'll see B again. So, yeah, that's all I can really say. One thing I will say about B, the way her tail and hair design, especially in a in a tummy as well, very liquidy. You know, Vivi Pop. I don't know if you're listening, but if you could, but I don't know if you can ever do it. But if you do decide to bring her back, Vivi Pop, try to make it go all liquidy and melty. I mean, she just gives off that vibe with her tail and her hair and her stomach. So, 
Yeah, if you could do that, that'd be. I think people would like that. It would show that she can do a lot more than just fly around and, and everything. So, um, but anyway, but anyway, those are just my thoughts on on this episode and you know my analysis. Like I said, mostly my you know thoughts from looking on the uh, from the outside looking in. Uh, but give me your thoughts, guys. What do you think overall? Like the video. Oh, uh, like the video. Subscribe to the channel. Also, guys, um, uh, live chat is open and super chats are open in the live chat. If you want to help donate there, uh, and while you're in the live chat, and if you want to do super chats, also give you a th give me your thoughts on what you think about the episode and and everything and the character and all the connections they have made and everything and the you know basically the character development growth for for Luna based on what we saw here and uh, yeah you know give me your thoughts odds and like I say in the live chat as well as in the comments below also support me at my teespring store also check me out at patreon.com says bw roses also you will get an audio podcast version of this at bw roses discussion of your audio podcast affiliates mostly check me out at spotify that helps me out a lot and really guys that's all i'm gonna say but let me know what your thoughts are and i will talk to you later and i'm out